Welcome to Leadership Works, the podcast focused on leadership in our challenging world. Now introducing your host, Dr. John Bedker, a practitioner, a leader, and a scholar. It's a pleasure to have everyone on the Leadership Works podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. John Bedker, and it's my pleasure to be your host for the Leadership Works podcast. Today, I'm going to address a critically important issue, the issue of democracy. Is it in peril? Or is there room for hope? Specifically, I'll address what is the role of leaders and citizens, each of us, in helping answer these opposing questions. We are living in turbulent times. Years ago, a wonderful singer by the name of Dinah Washington made famous a song entitled, What a Difference a Day Makes. That line was actually the first line of the song as well. The song ends with the line, And the difference is you. The role of leaders could not be more important today. And as this famous song intimates, a day can make a huge difference. And that difference can be you. Dedicating this podcast to discussing the role of leaders in crisis. That is our focus today. I made reference to the Dinah Washington song, What a Difference a Day Makes, because in a day, much can happen for a leader. What if we took a snapshot of a month, 30 days? How different and important can a one month's time change make that lens of the leader so very different? That is what today's Leadership Works podcast is about. On February 9th, roughly one month from the date of this podcast, on February 9th, Claudine Gay was interviewed by the Harvard Gazette. The Harvard Gazette is the official news website for Harvard University. Professor Gay, Dean Gay, is the Dean of the Faculty of Arts and Sciences at Harvard. A political scientist, she spent her life seeking to understand the choices ordinary people make to determine their political behaviors. I will go through this interview with you, providing quotes from the article and offering my comments. Let's begin. The Harvard staff writer, Colleen Walsh, conducted the interview. I will quote from her text of the interview. First question from the Gazette interviewer. American democracy appears to many to be on shaky ground right now. How does that affect your work in your scholarly perspective? Dean Gay responds, as a scholar, I feel challenged in bringing the normal paradigms and theoretical frameworks we rely on in political science to understanding the conditions that we face right now in the U.S. Because so many of the assumptions that typically ground our thinking have been upended. This crystallized for me 
as I witnessed the aftermath of the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Here was a moment when thousands of people turned against American democracy, choosing violence as the way to achieve their aims. I thought a threat that profound would shock and unify us. But it instead has generated a polarized response unlike any other event. That reality has disrupted my thinking and it forces us all to consider anew the basic norms, values, and institutions that we have taken for granted and stabilizing features of American political life. The Gazette reporter goes on to ask, can, can you talk a bit more about your reaction to January 6th? Has it evolved since the event itself? Dean Gay responds, when I became the Dean of the Faculty of Arts and Sciences, I taught a course titled Democratic Citizenship, the study of public opinion and political participation in contemporary American politics. The question we keep returning to is the basic premise of democracy, whether ordinary people can be trusted to make consequential decisions. As the course progressed, we'd focus increasingly on the conditions that enable ordinary people to make consequential decisions, realizing that context matters. Well, I referenced that Dinah Washington song, What a Difference a Day Makes, and then I suggested, well, what if it were a month? Well, here we are that month, today, March 9th. And of course, coming to mind is the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky. Just one month from the interview with Dean Gay, the world has changed dramatically. And the president of Ukraine who before his election was an ordinary citizen, called to service, sought to be elected, to make a difference, to make a contribution, but without training, without experience. He was a media mogul. He was a comedian. In a sense, he was David Letterman in Ukraine. But, he rose to the occasion and as the challenge of Dean Gray's course at Harvard to determine whether ordinary people can be trusted to make consequential decisions. Well, I think just one month from this interview, we have an answer with clarity. Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, is a resounding yes. He has risen to the occasion as an ordinary person to make extremely consequential decisions.
the hallmark of a true leader. Professor Gay goes on to say, since January 6th, I've been thinking about how many of those conditions are directly under assault. One of those conditions is access to a common foundation of facts, which plays a central role in the functions of a democratic society. Well, for a leader, it's imperative to know and understand and share facts. Years ago, there was a phrase coined by Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan. It goes something like this. Everyone is entitled to their own point of view, their own perspective, but they are not entitled to their own facts. This is a key component for leaders to establish a common set of facts, a common set of understandings, because facts, in fact, are facts. This notion of alternative facts or your facts and my facts. No, no, no. There are a common foundation of facts, and this is incumbent upon the leader to communicate. Again, from this interview to one month forward, what a difference a month makes. Vladimir Zelensky has repeatedly shared with the world the facts, a key leadership component. Professor Gay then goes on in the article to state another important contextual factor is equal access to a transparent and secure electoral process. Our democracy is made better the more we all participate, not when fewer people participate. And yet, nearly two dozen state legislatures here in the United States are working with relentless energy to erect barriers that will make it even more difficult to vote. If successful, these measures may have the effect of erasing whole groups of people from American political life. Another condition that Dean Gay mentions in the article is the confidence that our voice will be heard and represented, which she states is the most basic expectation of democracy. Well, let's go back to today. A month from this interview, President Vladimir Zelensky says, I must speak to you factually. I must speak with you regularly. I must speak with you clearly. I must go out and be with you to share each of these with you. President Zelensky has become the voice of the Ukrainian people. He has become the voice of democracy. An ordinary person, not just rising to the occasion, but making consequential statements and decisions each and every day. 
not from a bunker, not from exile, not from somewhere else, but with his people. So back to the article. Dean Gray was then asked by the Gazette, how do we ensure that democracy survives in this country? Well, one answer, she states, might be a bipartisan consensus, a commitment to reestablish a common foundation of facts. For instance, the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. And then to reaffirm the importance of broad-based democratic participation. But such consensus is elusive. If it were a fringe movement outside of politics that aimed to sow distrust in our electoral system and limit access to the vote, then it would be easier to see how we might find our way to a solution. But this is not happening outside of the political system. Rather, it finds expression mainly through, in the U.S. case, the Republican Party. That is what makes this so alarming. It's so hard to see how to break through in any kind of bipartisan way. So again, we segue one month forward. The leader of Ukraine, President Zelensky. So how can resolution be found? You see on the news, how can an off-ramp be made available to President Putin? And the reality is, it is exceedingly difficult because they do not share that common set of facts. They are not motivated by the same values, the same principles. These two leaders identify themselves diametrically different. In the case of the president of Ukraine, we find a leader motivated by not self, but others. Non-Sibi. In the case of President Putin, the president of Russia, and the invader of Ukraine, we find quite the opposite. Not others, but self. He is guided by self rather than by others. So, the Gazette then goes on to ask Dean Gray, well, we've had a lot of these divisions. We've had problems in the past, and we've come out okay. What about this moment is different? Professor Gay states, the polarization that exists now is unprecedented in its intensity. It's reached levels that are toxic when it comes to the ability to come together on any issue. When you have a situation where substantial majorities of Democrats and Republicans view the other party as immoral and a threat, that is not ordinary political and policy disagreement. There's no room for even conversation, let alone compromise. And again, that is the dilemma presently for the leader of 
Ukraine. The avenues of discourse and compromise are either limited, false, or simply non-existent. This is not a tenable position for a leader. What happened in the interview with Dean Gray was a discussion of U.S. politics. And now a month later, it's become an issue of international politics and, to the point of this podcast, international leadership. What have we seen? We have seen a coalescing, a unifying of NATO, a unifying of Europe, a unifying moment for world partners, and not only government, but business. Large corporations, small corporations, many corporations ceasing to do business with Russia, the invader of Ukraine. Sanctions have been made by the U.S. government and others. Voices have been heard all around the world. Leaders in Congress, leaders in the Senate, leaders in the world capitals around the world saying similar, if not the same, messages that the actions by President Putin to invade Ukraine is not the action of a leader. It is not. But the actions of President Zelensky, the leader of Ukraine, has shown us how his voice, how his actions as an ordinary person can truly rise and make consequential decisions. There's hope in that. At the end of the Harvard Gazette interview, Dean Gay was asked, is there anything you look to that gives you any hope? Well, again, this was in the U.S. context, but here's what Dean Gay said. What gives me hope is that even as difficult as we make it to vote, so many people persevere and turn out. In the 2020 presidential election, more than 159 million Americans voted, many of them for the first time. That's the largest total number of ballots cast in U.S. history by a wide margin. Citizens overcame all of the obstacles we put in front of them, sometimes waiting in poll lines for two and three hours to demand that their voices be heard. That, to me, says Dean Gay, is the clearest expression of the continuing faith in the power and promise of multiracial democracy. In the belief that ordinary people can be trusted to make consequential decisions. Many advocacy groups are engaged in deep organizing and grassroots mobilization to register new voters 
and ensure their access to a free and fair election. These efforts were pivotal in 2020 and will continue to be. An expanding electorate, millions of citizens, newly awake to the transformative power of the vote, and more determined than ever to be part of the democratic process and to be equitably represented in government. That's what gives me hope, so stated Dean Claudine Gay. And we see a similar activity now a month later in Ukraine. We see the Ukrainian people unified in solidarity, truly being the smaller force, less capable force, uh, certainly less military force. But the will of the people, the belief of the people, the belief in their leader, the following of their leader for a shared vision, for a shared purpose, for their country, for their democracy, for the world. These are such great hallmarks for all of us to watch, to reflect upon in our leadership journey, to understand how ordinary people, each and every one of us, can make consequential decisions for the betterment of ourselves and certainly for the betterment of others. I thank you all for listening, certainly to listen to the words of Professor Claudine Gay at Harvard and the interview by the Harvard Gazette. Well done to both. It provided a great opportunity for us today to share several of the quotes and pieces from that article with you and to give you some implications for how your leadership journey can be realized by ordinary people making consequential decisions. Thanks very much for tuning in. This concludes this episode of the Leadership Works Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We sincerely hope you will tune in again to the Leadership Works Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends. And, of course, we hope you will subscribe and be a regular listener. Again, thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Works Podcast. Have a great day.